I'm Jennifer Palmer, I'm the host of Online for Authors. Welcome to the Online for Authors podcast. Online for Authors has come under the management of Visibility Pod. Visibility Pod manages the podcast as well as all of the guest and host booking and communication to get the episodes scheduled, up and running, and posted on to various platforms as well as creating all of our wonderful content. I'm currently a visibility strategist with Visibility Pod and offer coaching. Some coaching is offered via live visibility strategy sessions. Take those in and see if working with Visibility Pod, me as a strategist, is a fit for you. Email visibilitypodcasts at gmail.com. So happy to have Justin Shank joining us. This is great. Thank you for you know getting together with me so soon after the conference. So when uh, we talked about doing an interview with you, I send out um, a guest sheet that basically lets me know, even though I think you'd be a great guest, are you a fit? Like, do you have um, these things figured out? Do you know what you're an expert in? Do you know what your why is? Do you have like a bio already created or do you need help creating one? Um, and then the, also, what are you an expert in? I, I love that qu- that questionnaire because a lot of times it doesn't get put in front of you like that, right? I've done over a hundred podcasts. There's not many times I've been sent something like that. Actually, a lot of times, and I love how you did it. It's very easy and simple because a lot of times I'll get sent things and it's just like this grand 10 pages of filling out stuff. And I'm just like, you know what? I don't, I don't have time for this. And I don't mean to be rude. It's just, I don't have time to, to do your homework for you. So yours was super easy and laid out. And it, and, it, and it made me think back to some questions that I hadn't been asked in a while. You know what I mean? And, and I saw some evolution uh, from the last time I filled something like that out. Uh, oh, and, good. and it allowed me to kind of pause and go, okay, like, where am I now compared to where I was the first time I filled something like this out, which was, you know, five plus years ago, I've been in the podcast game for, uh, for a long time and compared to most, not to, not compared to all. I mean, I know plenty of people who've done it longer than me, but. Oh, Ferris, right? Just like just put that yeah. out there. <laughs> I mean, Tim Ferris has been in a longer Lewis House, John Lee Dumas, all these people. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the, the funny thing is I've, I've been podcasting for, we're coming up on six years and I'll go to podcast events and I speak at them. And I'm sure at some point we'll talk about podcasting during this chat, but yes. you know, I'll speak, at a, I'll speak at a lot of podcasting events and that's kind of how we connected. It was a virtual event. But uh, I'll go to these things and I'll meet like these guys that are like, you know, 65, 70 years old. And they've been podcasting long before it was ever cool. Because what happened was they worked for these news radio stations and these news radio stations started to go out of business 10, 15 years ago. And Mm -hmm. while they were closing down, they would say to the disc jockeys or whoever, whatever you'd call them, they'd say, hey, do you want this equipment? Because you needed that equipment back then. Yeah, broadcasting um, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm wearing my air traffic controller headset right now because I, <laughs> I, my, my cord to my other microphone broke. And so to give you a decent quality, I was like, I got to throw these bad boys on, but like technology has changed so much and it's made it easier. But I meet these guys who've just been doing it for 20 plus years. And you're like, I didn't even know podcasting existed until like six months before I, I started my podcast. And so it's, it's been quite the journey, but yeah. so Long, like to get to the point of like, thank you so much for sending that because it allowed me to reflect a little bit on the journey. Oh, you're welcome. Here we talk about Justin's bio. 
featured in Thrive Global and chosen as an icon of influence in the new media space. You've been featured on over 100 podcasts and summits, and your podcast has grown to be played in over 100 countries every single week, and you've gone on to help countless people grow their brands and businesses through podcasting. And that's a lot to live up to. <laughs> it is. You know, it's it's funny. I uh, I'm very honored and almost humbled to have those things happen to me uh, and, or for me, right. It's a whole happening for me thing. <laughs> I woke up one day. It was actually two years. This is, this is the crazy part. It's actually two years to the day of my mom passing away that Inc magazine listed me as a top eight podcast exactly on the day, two, two day, two years later. And it wasn't one of those ones where I paid to be on the list. Cause I know people can do that now. Yeah. It, it wasn't that I didn't play any of those games. I woke up and my life was changed. My podcast went from never being ranked to being number 75 in the whole entire world uh, out, of, out of all the active podcasts. People started emailing me both positive things and hate emails. Like, and I was like, <laughs> oh my God, I've made it. I got my first hate email. And, <laughs> you know, all these things. And, and I know how quickly that happened. It can also be taken away. And I think when you realize and you're accepting of that and you don't ever get into your own head and your ego doesn't take over, then it's really easy to continue to live up to that. Because it's really, for me, it's about continuous growth. You know, when people ask me, what are your goals? Where are you going to be in five years, 10 years? I can't tell you that because I don't set timelines on my goals. I've got big visions for my life, uh, but there's no timeline because that's when I talk about fulfillment, that's what I mean by, you know, helping people find ultimate fulfillment because we tie our worth to our goals. And we think once we get there or once we attain these things that we dream of, then all of a sudden I'm going to be happy. I'm going to have all the things I need. And it's just not true. And so how do you find fulfillment in this very moment? And so I don't set timelines on everything, uh, but I believe having goals and visions is very, very important for you because moving forward and consistently growing and trying to be a better self is, is the most important thing on this planet. Yeah. Well, congratulations. And I, I love the gratitude that you just expressed is that's sheer gratitude for the place that you're in and what your life is becoming and has become. Yeah. Here's Justin's why. To help people overcome their limiting beliefs to live a more fulfilled life. We talk a lot about overcoming limiting beliefs and like, where do they come from? And, and I actually did a ton of research during COVID of like, where do these limiting beliefs come from? And it allowed me to, COVID allowed me to slow down and take a step back and do research. And I don't think we get anywhere uh, into adulthood without lots of different limiting beliefs. I found that they come from four different places uh, and that the first one's childhood. So like it could be as simple as your parents saying you were the shy kid and that limiting belief could be something that you carry on with you for the rest of your life for, for whatever reason. Society then says, hey, you're a woman, you can't do something that men can't do, right? Or you're a minority, you can't do certain things. Or in my case, you grew up in a household that was poor where your parent was an addict and your parent was in jail. That's where you're going to end up. And so a lot of people buy into those types of things. The third place is that negative self-talk that we start to say to ourselves, right? Like the first time you ask a girl or a guy out and they say no. And all of a sudden you look in the mirror and go, man, you're ugly. You're the worst, blah, blah, blah. And so we carry yeah. that with us. And then the fourth is a subconscious that we tend to bury. Uh, we don't really know where it comes from. And there's a lot of spiritual work there to, to kind of uncover that. And so long story short, when I was a kid, I broke my hips. And uh, when I was 12 years old, 
I was just coming out of what was my fourth hip surgery. And I remember, yeah, it's crazy. So I remember the doctor coming into the room and this was like, they were taking my crutches away. Finally, after nine months, I could walk all these things. I'd been in physical therapy and uh, my mom said, you know, what, what are his restrictions? And the doctor said, you know, he can pretty much do anything a normal 12 year old would do. And he looked at me and he goes, but he just won't be an athlete. That simple sentence I carried with me for my whole entire life. And so I would always self-sabotage whenever I would start to get fit. Uh, and I didn't know why I was doing it. I would get fit and then I'd start eating donuts and burgers and pounding beers and doing all the things that the typical American does. Um, and I was just like, you know, why do I keep doing this? And so in the beginning yeah. of 2021, I decided to kind of break down those walls and go, what's going on here? And uh, I decided to then do the things I needed to do to overcome those limiting beliefs. So beginning of 2021, I did 75 hard, loved it. The results were um incredible. I lost 26 pounds, put on muscle, lost a ton of fat. Um, and then we've begun this year. And I say we, cause I'm doing it with my girlfriend. So 26 days in, we're not getting the results we thought. Um, and actually that's creating more of a mental challenge than anything, right? I'm doing everything right. Literally everything perfectly right. Following the challenge, working out twice a day, eating right, doing all the things. And we're not getting the results we expected. And so now it's that mental challenge of continuing to push through, uh, even when you're not getting those results or those quick results that you thought you were going to get, uh, mm-hmm. it's about continuing to show up and, and being your best self and not going to lie. There's certain days <laughs> where that, that little part's been a struggle, um, but still pushing through. The only thing I have to do is finish my water today uh, and I'll be good. So, you know, uh, just pushing through and, and by the end, I'm sure the results will show. This push through point, you've had some results. Now you've got to keep going so that the momentum's not lost. Everything that you've made would then fall for not if you had didn't keep going, you know, very motivating. I mean, you're, you're eating your own baking. <laughs> not really, not right now, but um, I like this too. Your favorite quote, life is 10% of what happens to you and 90% of how you react to what happens to you. It's just something that uh, is really uh, the, the precipice of my life of like, so much has happened to me that I had no control over. Mm-hmm. And how I reacted to it has been everything and, and why I am where I am now. Uh, but yeah. when I look at that quote, it, it's truly life-changing. And so whoever said it, thank you. Do you know who said it? I'll look it up, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could definitely ha- do better on the how you react to what happens. And I just say that because there's a, a recent incident that happened with family that's kind of raw for me. And um, I really could have done a better job in the way I reacted. And uh, although I've gone through some of the meditative process to not only forgive um, me, but also forgive others that were involved in that situation. It's still, uh, you know, okay, how do I do better? Right. Mm, How do I do better next time? Yeah. You know, I think, I think the idea of just ultimate ownership uh, for everything in your life, even the things that aren't your fault. And that's really the hardest part, right? Like when we go, we look back at maybe some bad relationships we've had in the past and we always blame the other person, right? It's this big blame game. But if we stop and we look back and we go, what did I do wrong? Or what could I have done better? Maybe not to fix that relationship, but maybe to get out of that relationship sooner or to be better for the next one or whatever, right? And so like you said, I love the fact that you owned the fact, hey, I could have reacted better to this situation. It would have been a a happier outcome for everybody. And I think that's, that's something that's really big. And then obviously, going in and, and admitting it, right? Uh, and yep. saying, hey, like I, I messed up. I approached this the wrong way. Let's take a look at it again. And I think that's that's the big thing. We don't always react the right way, right? Nope. And I realized in life that 
there's two different types of people. There's reactive and there's proactive. And the proactive people sometimes react the wrong way, but then they're proactive post that reaction. And we go, okay, how do I fix this? Because uh, I am certainly somebody, uh, I will ultimately admit that my weakest link is my patience. Uh-huh. My fuse at times can be very, very short. And so therefore I react sometimes the wrong way. Uh, I hear you. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. But long-term, uh, I am very proactive on potentially repairing those things, proactive on trying to improve that bad part about me uh, and and just being very, very aware of it is, is a, a major thing that we can all do a little bit better. So it's like that, um, this happened for a reason. So how is this serving me? What am I supposed to see? Back to the awareness of, okay, what was I supposed to learn from this? Because I can't fix, I can't go back. I, I can't change what happened. So how do I get the most out of it for everybody concerned? Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. And you know, I'm a big believer that life is happening for me and not to me, right? Like there it I is. Could have, Absolutely. I could, I could have written my life off, right? When I look at where I came from, you know, I, growing up, obviously breaking my hips when baseball was the love of my life and that being stripped from me, my parents then getting a divorce while I was laid up in a hospital bed to my mom going into a 20 year opioid battle, my dad ending up in jail and the opioids ended up taking my mom's life, mm-hmm. ended up with a 1.7 GPA in high school. Like we, we could literally pile up all these things that happened to me. Uh, and instead I said, why is this happening for me? Now it took me a long time to figure that narrative out. Mm-hmm. Um, there were definitely a lot of, uh, there was a lot of my life where I played the victim and I tried mm-hmm. to use that in my favor in some way, shape or form. Yeah. But when I changed the narrative and said, why is this happening for me? Everything began to change, right? I found my purpose. The podcast began to take off. The connections I was able to make and the relationships I was able to build are life-changing. Like when I look at the people on my phone, I, I pinch myself and I go, how is this my life? These people text me. I'm friends with celebrities and billionaires. And it's like this really, really weird thing to kind of wrap my head around. Um, but it was really about, again, going back to extreme ownership and saying, how do I improve on the things that were happening around me? Uh, and yeah. and that was a major thing for me, right? We talk about bad things happening in our life pretty often. And when mom, when my mom passed away, she ended up dying about six months before I launched the podcast. Uh, Mm -hmm. She finally lost that battle to opioids. And uh, that was really my rock bottom moment. I went on a three month bender where I was blackout drunk six nights a week. Uh, I couldn't tell you what, I couldn't tell you what happened during that time. During that time, I also had a a relationship and and spiritual coach. And I remember one day she said to me, what are you doing? She called me out of nowhere. And I was like, Hey, what's up? You know, he coaches, you pay. And so you think it's not a scheduled time for you to call me. Why why are you calling me? Uh, She had a a little, you know, a little tip that she should have. And she's like, what are you doing tonight? And I was like, I'm going out with some friends. She knew I was going out to drink and numb the pain. And she said, no, you're not. You're going to sit and you're going to feel this tonight. And so I did. And when I woke up the next day, I had this extreme weight off of my shoulder. And that's when I defined my rock bottom moment. And I realized that the worst thing we do is we don't take ownership of our rock bottom moments in our life. And so what happens is you hit that rock bottom moment and you go, woe is me. And then you hit the next one and then the next one and then the next one. But when you take ownership and you go, this is my rock bottom moment, bad things may happen to me in the future, but how I react to them will be much better and it'll be much more improved. That's when everything changes in your life. But most people don't don't ever say this is my rock bottom moment because they feel like there's no hope, right? I always say my mom didn't die die from an opioid addiction. She died because she didn't love herself. 
And so if we can find out that there's hope and there's great power in, in life and there's tomorrow can be better than today, that's when we say enough is enough and we take back control of our life. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for sharing those bits of um, your life and what's happened to you and, and why you are who you are now today. Uh, Justin Shank is the host and creator of GrowthNowSummit.com, the go-to events for entrepreneurs and forward thinkers, Growth Now Summit Live. So how have things been since the conference for you? They've been good. Um, I, I I don't tend to work on the weekend, so I'm currently writing a book. Spent a tiny bit of time this weekend writing that. Uh, but other than that, it's it, it, it's been relaxing over the weekend and then right back to work come Monday. So how do you see for authors themselves benefiting from podcasting? I think it's the greatest medium for anybody to reach an audience at a deep level. And here's what I mean by that. Do you know what the average Facebook video view is? Like how, how long people watch? 30, 15 to 30 seconds. Eight seconds. Wow. So that's it. And so when people post videos on Facebook and they're like, I've got thousands of views or or they go live on Instagram and they have, I've had 700 people show up. Cool. They were there on average for eight seconds. (laughs) So if you can't, if you can't capture their, their attention in those eight seconds, you've lost. Wow. The neat part about podcasting is that the audience listens to 80% or more of every single episode. Mm -hmm. And so it's an engaged audience. And if you can build relationships with the hosts, that host is going to help you push your book, push whatever it is you're trying to get out there. And for me, it's not even about pushing anything, right? Like uh, at the end of this, I might mention, hey, I've got a live event, but really it's about, hey, anybody listening to this, go listen to my podcast. If you like it, hit subscribe and come on the journey with me. It's really about forming relationships. Um, yeah. Every every single time I have an author on my show, their book gets sold, you know, multiple copies. And that's really cool to see. And I know that for a fact because they they reach out to me like, wow, thank you so much. Like, you know, people have reached out and said, Hey, I heard you on Justin's podcast. I got your book, or whatever. Um, for instance, actually, somebody just commented on YouTube, which I don't get many views on YouTube. It's something that I'm now doubling down on. Um but I just had an episode out and somebody commented and it's like, you know, I wasn't going to listen to this because it was a keto guy. And they're like, I'm not a keto person, but I'm, I'm also not a keto person, by the way. It's just a, <laughs> a, a really smart man to bring on the show. And he has these self-help books for children. And she's like, I'm going to buy his books. And so it's really the ultimate medium to connect. Uh, and then a lot of the, co- a lot of the podcast audience, they're buyers. Uh, and, and this is why I'm really a big fan of being a guest on shows, bringing the right people on my show, because I know it's really about making an impact in the world. Uh, and so I'm, I'm also a partner in a, a podcast guesting service company where it's super high level and we guarantee reach and all that stuff as well. But but um, you know, I'm, I'm just a big believer in, hey, you have a strong message. I want to help you get it out there. And that's what podcasting for me is all about. For authors on both ends of the spectrum, but I, I said I'm writing a book currently uh, and and I built the audience first with the podcast, right? So even if you're like, hey, one day I want to write a book, for me, writing is not my strong suit. It's taking me forever to write this book. I keep changing things. And by the way, I'm, I'm working with a, 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 a publisher and somebody helping me write it. And like, it's still not, not coming together. It's the hardest thing I've ever done. Uh, but the podcast allowed me ha- to have a voice. Um, so from a hosting standpoint, if you want to get into podcasting, it could be the gateway to the book. Uh, it could also help you formulate your message and, and everything that you're talking about. But from a guesting standpoint, if you already have the book, um, you know, if you're able to get on some podcasts, 
podcast and really build those relationships. And, and not only from the standpoint, if you want to get real nerdy and techie, like it's helping your SEO, you're showing up on more searches. So long-term, it's going to help you build that brand around your book. Because you know, I mean, you host this podcast, a book's never going to make you a ton of money, uh, not the book itself. But if you do good with the book and you build a brand around the book, then all of a sudden you're going to get clients, you're going to get speaking on stages, whatever your goal is, as long as you're formulated to do that. Uh, really the, the combination of that book, along with guesting on the right podcast, you're going to win every single time. I just want to add some clarity around there because we're talking about nonfiction versus fiction. So we're talking about, um, you know, the life experience book or the, the knowledge book where you're building, you can build a brand around that and add some services with a fiction, which is, I do interview a lot of authors that write fiction. The model's quite different. Yeah. Now I will say this, and I'll add this to the the fiction thing. And again, this is not my space, Mm -hmm. but what I'll tell you is that don't waste your time by going on shows that don't make sense. If you write a murder mystery book, get on podcasts to talk about murder mysteries. Uh, If you write a book about fantasy trolls and warlocks and Harry Potter-esque things, get on podcasts that talk about those things. Go find your audience. and yeah, it's all about niching down and understanding. Like, even if you get on a podcast that might be doing a hundred downloads or 70 downloads or 40 downloads an episode, connecting and plugging into your niche, you're going to win every single time. So do your research. Don't waste your time and your money with a PR company who's going to plaster things out to the wrong shows and all that stuff. Really be smart about where are you spending your time? Because time is the most valuable asset. So yeah, sitting down and being interviewed for, for a podcast is really easy. But all of a sudden, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour, an hour and a half later, you're still having the one conversation that you hope will translate to maybe one book sale. So be really, really smart in, in the shows that you're you're really highlighting, right? And so when you get into that fiction world, you really want to niche down and get into the get in front of the right people. And, and then that's going to help you sell those books. So you do encourage, you know, the building of their own podcasts and you have beginpodcastingnow.com. That's definitely one way that they can get involved if they'd like to do that. But you're also on uh, Instagram and Facebook. Uh, I'm sure you're on all platforms. <laughs> you did mention YouTube. Of course, um, your syndicated podcast is probably everywhere. Yeah. Um, and we can, again, the name of the podcast is the growth now movement. So wherever they listen to this, if you just type growth now, it'll come up. It'll be the first one that comes up. Um, and again, we are everywhere. You can search growth now on YouTube as well. You can see the channel there. Like I said, I am doubling down on that right now. I'm now posting the videos of the, ch- I used to not do that. Um, but, but we're going in, we're going to see what happens and, and see if we can grow that YouTube channel. But- okay. So what tips would you have for someone like me? Who's kind of already started a podcast. There's some shows out there. I haven't actually fine-tuned the length. I think they actually need to be shorter. Um, I'm still looking for, uh, you know, joint ventures and monetizing the platform or for those that are just starting out, what you didn't do, what you should do, where, where, how can you guide us here? One thing that people are always really, really concerned about when they come to me and they say, I want to start a podcast or I want to fix my podcast that I'm currently doing because it's not doing what I thought. Uh, length doesn't matter. Uh, it's really about, are you engaging your audience? So whether it's 30 minutes, 45 minutes, I mean, Joe Rogan just did four and a half hours with Jordan B. Peterson, right? So <laughs> and now- that's Joe. <laughs> that's crazy. And that's Joe. But it also shows that if you have the right audience, 
then you can do whatever you want. Right. And so it doesn't matter for me. I mean, I've had episodes that are, I think the, the shortest episode I ever did was like 28 minutes. I have some solo episodes that are like three to five minutes, whatever, but the guest episodes are, you know, 20, 25 minutes to an hour and a half. Uh, and there was no real difference in, you know, how many downloads we were getting compared to whatever. So that's one thing you shouldn't worry about. The main thing to worry about is how are you standing out in the noise, right? If we had this conversation five years ago, it would be a completely different conversation. Uh, yeah. it, would really be, it would really be about let's grow your audience. Let's monetize that audience. What's that look like? And now it's really about are you building the right brand for yourself in order to win? 80% of podcasts are currently doing less than 100 downloads an episode. And so that should do one of two things for you. One, it either discourages somebody by saying, oh, well, I thought I could easily grow an audience. Maybe podcasting isn't for you. The second person says, okay, cool. I'm not doing as bad as I thought. Uh, <laughs> so let me continue to go and move forward, right? Uh, but if you're able to take that podcast and create it into social media clips, uh, brand it the right way, all of a sudden your reach goes from 70 to 7,000. Right. Like I actually was just looking at my my demographics on uh, my Instagram. Now I have less than six. I think I have like fifty eight hundred followers on Instagram, something like that. And I reached in the last seven days one hundred and twenty five thousand accounts. Yeah. Right. So if you do your social media the right way, your reach and your brand will automatically start to be recognized beyond who your current who your current audience is. And so I always say this, dial in your brand, spend the money, spend the, the, the things that you need to do to make sure that your logo, your branding, all that stuff is in line. And then make sure your messaging matches that branding. That was my big mistake. I've always been the growth now movement. I've always had really good logos and designs and podcast images and social media presence. Um, but when I first started, I, I had a co-host for the first 60 four episodes, I think 63 episodes. <laughs> and uh, the the message didn't match the branding. So I wanted to talk about one thing. He wanted to talk about the other. You know, I mentioned my mom passing away six months before. I wanted to talk about those rock bottom moments and overcoming adversity and self-love. Yeah. And he's like, how did you buy the mansion that you live in? And so it was completely different. You know, branding was off, et cetera. And so yeah. when he took a step back, we had organic growth yeah. in the show almost immediately. Uh, and then that that's what led to Inc. Magazine. And so hmm. when I look at that, like make sure your branding is on point, but also make sure it matches your message, right? You talk to authors, that cover is going to bring somebody in and you better be sure that that content inside of that book matches that cover. Same thing with podcast branding. So you want to make sure that your brand's on point. Uh, and then once you take it to social media, so as you're promoting all that stuff, here's the thing. Podcasters are shouting left and right. There's 2 million of us. Everybody's going, I got a podcast. Go listen to my episode. I'm the best, et cetera. Uh, what you need to do is be able to really hook them in uh, and grab their attention because we're, we all death scroll on social media. And so the question is, what are you doing to stop them in their tracks and go, I need more of that. And so you need to create that hook on social media in order to get them in. So first, aesthetically pleasing. Second, what's your copy look like? And then is it easy for them to switch from that social media platform to go listen to your podcast? Have you made it seamless and easy for them? Right. Wonderful. 
there's a ton of ways people can work with me. You know, podcasting is such a passion of mine. Businesses have kind of just happened. You know, people have asked me to partner in things and, and that's just happened over the years. You mentioned begin podcasting now. I don't even really direct people there. I always say, hey, I do have some coaching. I have an online course. They can go to be, uh, they can go to purposedrivenpodcaster.com, grab the course. Um, that's, a, that's a cool thing to do. Mm. Um, I also own a, brand, a podcast branding company where we do all the social media monthly for all the podcasts episodes that you bring out. Uh, that is uh, podbrand.io. Uh, and then also the podcast guesting service. So if you're an author who's trying to get on podcasts, we have a podcast guesting service called Podkong, P-O-D-K-O-N-G.com. Uh, and you're able to get in there and really uh, get your message heard. Meaning we we guarantee downloads versus show numbers. Because I mentioned 80% of shows do less than 100 downloads an episode. So would you rather yeah. get in front of you know 500 people or 5,000 people? So we guarantee the downloads, uh, which is a really cool thing. that We're trying to fix the whole podcast guesting services. So we've developed... Uh, relationships with some of the world's top podcasts, but the ones that actually have reach. And what they do is they come to us and we help them get booked on these podcasts as a guest. We help them formulate a message, meaning, hey, like, how are you driving them to the book at the end of the day or wh- whatever you're driving them to? And then we get them booked on these shows backed by the podcasters sending us screenshots 30 days after they've been on the show with the amount of downloads they got. So it's guaranteed reach. Um, and so it's really about how do we make sure these people with these amazing messages get on the right shows? Uh, and truly get heard. That's PodKong. So we 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 launched officially in November. You know, we have these relationships, and now it's really about connecting the right people with the right people. If I'm going to do a podcast, uh, of course, I'm going to encourage others to do it. And but I knew I had to take a step back and and get some. You know what? I like to think that I'm really good at a lot of stuff, but I'm not. Um, there's lots of things that I know nothing about. And I stepped into the podcasting world just going, okay, this seems like the next, lo- next logical thing, but I didn't really have the knowledge. Monetizing it is not something I've I've gotten yet. I mean, I'll say this, monetizing your podcast from a, from a pure, what people think of monetizing a, a platform is one of the hardest. Yeah. Uh, because of a number of reasons. The the platform itself is um, tough to monetize. There are unique ways in order to monetize. I think affiliate marketing is a great way to do it right off the bat, especially if, if you have a small yet engaged audience. I think affiliate marketing is huge. Um, selling your own stuff, selling your own courses, you know, your own coaching, whatever whatever it is you do, I think that's going to be a huge way. But but most of the time when people hear monetizing, and I want to say I want to point this out just because of listeners. A lot of times when people hear monetizing, they think, oh, well, they're going to run an ad and they're going to make a ton of money. That is false. (laughs) Uh, And that a lot of what I do now with the audience that I have, I'll do a cash thing along with affiliate. So I'll kind of partner the two because the payout just isn't worth the squeeze. And so I want that little bit more on the back end. So that's also something to consider long-term is say, hey, pay me a little bit up front just to guarantee uh, because it does take me time and effort to record the audio and do all the things, but then we'll take affiliate long-term on the back end too. We talk so much about, you know, I want to be the best podcaster. I want to be the best author. I want to be the best speaker. And that stops us from actually taking action. What about just being Mm -hmm. the best Justin Shank or Jennifer Palmer? Like go out there and just be your best self and stop using this whole, I want to be the best thing before I do anything as an excuse, uh, you know, to stop you from the greatness that you're supposed to be living. I mean, I don't know who my competitors are. <laughs> I really don't. And, and, that's and okay. I don't care. <laughs> like to, yeah. and that's, a lot of people don't like that. And business strategy coaches are going, what do you mean you don't know? Well, okay. I'm out here doing my thing. 
And as long as I'm doing my thing and I'm better today than I was yesterday, I'm kind of happy. <laughs> That's it. And I'm, and I'm always about being the best Justin Shank I could be every single day. Yeah. And, you know, there's a ton of people who are teaching podcasting or use podcasting to make money. And there's a ton of podcast guesting services. And I'm aware just because I've been in the space for so long, um, but I don't care what they're doing. What I teach is six years of life lessons of figuring out on my own, of falling on my face, of failing for a long time, of overcoming that, and then learning as, you know, and and also learning from colleagues and being parts of masterminds that focus solely on podcasting. So there, there, I know who I am. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's the part that most people miss. And even if they think they know who they are, they don't like themselves. And so there's a whole ton of stuff that people are carrying with them. Yeah. The only things that are really coming up for me here in, in the near future, obviously, is is my event in May, growthnowsummit.com. They can check that out. The speaker lineups is, is absolutely bonkers. Uh, and we still have more to announce, which is exciting. That is in a town called Lidditz, Pennsylvania. So it's about an hour and a half west of Philadelphia. So it is a live event. There is, we've just added a virtual ticket option. So there will be a live stream of the event the day of. Um, because I have an audience everywhere. So like the day I announced two people in the UK bought tickets because they, uh, especially now with border crossing. And and so uh, you're in Canada, right? I am. <laughs> so like, as of now, I mean, hope, hopefully in May, it'll be a little bit more normal, but you know, <laughs> we have that option to uh, say, Hey, look, if you can't make it because of whatever crazy reason we're, we're, we're streaming that virtually. So that's growthnowsummit.com. And then a week after that, I'm speaking at Podfest. Yes. Which is wild. Yeah, that'll be my third time speaking at yeah, Podfest. Nice. So that'll that'll be fun. I'm in talks right now to co-host a retreat, uh, which will be in Nantucket. Um, retreats have been something that we just added to the docket. As of last year, we did two retreats. So yeah. three-day retreats um, where we focus on the four pillars of life, business, spirituality, wellness, and relationships, super deep dives on life and love and uh, everything else in between. Uh, I actually co-hosted with my girlfriend, who's a holistic wellness coach and a yoga teacher. So there's yoga in the morning and there's deep dives on business and and all the things in between during the day. So it, it, it was amazing. The first one was in Philadelphia. And then the second one was in New Orleans. Um, and so we're that structure, we're taking a little bit of a break just because of the amount of time and effort it goes into it. We, we enjoyed yeah. it and they will be back. I just don't know when, uh, but then somebody else kind of, because of what I do and the relationships I've built, people ask me to do a lot of things. And so, uh, th- there is a, a potential of a retreat coming up, but that we don't have any details on that yet. Fantastic. Okay. Wonderful. Awesome. Wow. I know. Hey, I appreciate your time. This was, this was oh, phenomenal. And yours. It is really great to get to know you better. Um, and I think this is going to be a fab- fabulous, fabulous interview. I've loved the conversation. I feel like we talked about so much in such a short amount of time. Yeah. Um, so, you know, thank you so much. Excited to see where your relaunch goes. I'm excited to uh, see what you, you can put together. Hope you enjoyed this episode. To get notifications of new releases, subscribe. You can also like, follow, download, and share. If you've enjoyed this, your friends will too.